This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Because we were, I mean, if we could have an honest moment, we were about to split. So it's like... We were having a conversation. About about splitting. Yeah. Because, and it, it wasn't even at the point of like, hey, I don't care about you. It's just more like, I don't feel anything for you. And I think for me personally, is because I felt like I was getting beat up so much. Mm. I had nothing left in me. Mm-hmm. I literally had nothing left to give because I have exhausted all my resources in trying to figure out what I'm doing wrong. And for me at that point was, I don't think I am doing anything wrong. Like I've in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. This is our third time shooting this episode <laughs> because Mariel is in a really funky mood today. It's called pre-Tom. So if you guys don't know what Tom is, Tom is time of the month. Excuse so- me. The way I ex- like to explain it is <laughs> damn it, you just said it. I just realized that. <laughs> you try to roast me? Uh, on, no. On me? You try to roast me? What I usually like to say is that I'm sorry for you guys out there named Tom, but Tom is my other boyfriend that all of my girlfriends also have. And we like to say, damn, Tom is at my place right now. And then I'd be like, oops, sorry, he's going over to your place in the next week or so. Time of the month. Time of the month. And there's something called pre-Tom, where I believe none of the male friends out there like it. It's the all the side effects you could possibly get before the actual Tom arrives. So let me just tell you what happened prior prior to this podcast, all right? So we were <laughs> shoot we were shooting this episode. And typically with this podcast, it's it's a very fun, light conversation, right? Mary and I usually go back and forth all the time. This is how we are. And I'm a very jokey, jokey person. Uh, but we recorded 15 minutes of some other footage, which you're not going to see. But the energy was was wild in this room. Like it was <laughs> wild as in really bad. Like I'm I'm having a conversation. I'm having a good time. We're talking about, you know, this funny thing that happened between us. And she was just dead and not having it. And she looked upset and pissed at me. And I'm like, yo, what is going on? What is this? So I actually had to stop the podcast and ask her what the problem is. And apparently, I got him so upset that he soaked through my the calves. leather chair. <laughs> yo, I was getting so upset, my calves started sweating. Right? Like, I just, the leather chair right here has a, has, a, has a puddle stain of sweat from, from anger. Funny enough, that actually cracked me up, so I feel better. I don't know <laughs> Because why. you upset me. I guess so. I like to upset you. Well, here's the thing, right? And Let, let me ask you this. And yes. this is for people who are, are in long-term relationships. And I think one of the requirements that we have, although it's very hard to tell when this is going to happen, like for me, I think the biggest reason why I was set is that I was excited to do the podcast with her. And she said she was down to do it. If she was in a bad mood, all it would require was for her to say, today, I'm in an off mood. Let's not do it today. I didn't get that. So I'm mm-hmm. not reading these messages mm-hmm. and I'm coming through. And when she's not in a good mood, teasing her is not a, is not a good thing. 
But when she's in a good mood, we're just we're going back and forth and having a good time. So she didn't tell me she was in a bad mood. And this podcast, Uh we literally just roast each other all the time. Uh Not just her, like Nick. Nick on the previous podcast before or a couple episodes back, Uh he told the worst story ever. Uh And that's why when you were in the room, we were cracking up. Uh That's what it was. We were laughing at him for like 10 minutes straight. And then he got Uh so nervous, he started sweating. How funny. He he started getting pit sweats. His his whole shirt, he was getting nervous. You know what's funny though? So before this, I had a long day. So I was outside in the porch, just swinging, swinging away on my rocking chair, which I love. And David was there next to me for a whole hour. Apparently we weren't there for an hour. Um, And we come in and I thought he knew that I had a rough day. I'm sure he did. But he th- maybe he thought he felt he I felt better afterwards, which I think I might have, but not quite enough to get teased. So I took it personal. And yes, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Shooting this podcast again for the third time. It's it's just a very odd thing. Like when you guys are in a relationship, right? And mm. it's sometimes no matter how long you're with somebody, it's hard to read relationship cues. Mm. Even though you've seen somebody upset multiple times, sometimes they hide it really well. Because for mm. her, work has been very stressful, right? Mm. In pandemic, and I'm pretty sure everybody out there understands this. Mm. When pandemic hit and you had to take your office job to, at home, the work multiplied. Mm-hmm. And I hear her work all the time and it's and it gives me anxiety, right? <laughs> because her job is specific to communication, right? Yeah. And when you're in a group setting and you're in a conference room with people, you could just talk to them yeah. right there. And now you have to set up multiple meetings with different people. What if you forget to say something or somebody else from another department needs you to communicate this? Well, now you have to go ahead and figure out their block of time where they could receive it, message them, hop on another conference call, and then then your work is extended another six, seven hours. It's nuts. It's like those casual moments when you go grab a coffee or you walk from one meeting to another meeting. Those moments are so essential and I think we just forgot how essential those are because they're so casual conversations that we could have. But really, we're doing our job and like getting the answers, getting the updates. Now we have to literally put time, whether that's like a 30-minute, even a 15-minute check-in. And it you just never leave your desk. And that's what David here is outside of my room because our house is made out of concrete and you hear Everything. She literally is on conference meetings from 9 a.m. till 6 p.m. All yeah. the time. It's it's insane. Cause I have a bi-monthly meeting for my for my franchises, right? So I I for those of you guys who are new out there, I, I own a, a a matcha franchise called Jumbi Matcha. And then also a another food concept called Shrimp Daddy, Chichi Dango. This is definitely sponsored. Yeah, sponsored by. <laughs> But we have we have uh, bi-monthly investor meetings, right? Where we talk about updates, um, things that we are trying to push for new products, and even that, even doing a thirty-minute meeting is stressful to me. Oh like God. sitting there, you know, with multiple people in this window, having yeah. trying to have a conversation and talk. You do that for like eight hours. Yeah, it's crazy. It's definitely not the perk of my job, <laughs> I have to say. But it's like the most thing that we do during pandemic. Um, so I'm someone who gets energy from people and, you know, my job is to work with creatives and I feel like the energy of getting the artist's creative side of it, you know, seeing it in person, just like collaborating with the creative and production together is not there. It's just like literally meeting one after another. And I literally don't have the time to even talk about feelings, whether, you know, if people are feeling fine about what's happening out there in the world, like 
Yes, it's happening, but do we have time to talk? No, because every minute now counts for some reason. Like 30 minutes, like we, if you're late after a minute, people are wondering where the hell you are. Like, I don't know what happened, but I think we just got used to this like work from home situation that people are now accepting what it is and no longer understanding if like things are happening. Well, that's kind of ridiculous too, though, because in in a, in a typical workplace, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you have people that you have to communicate with or you have to do work in between. Mm-hmm. People have office chatter. They sit down, they see what you're doing. Hey, what are you working on? How, and then you might have like friendly conversation for five, 10 minutes, then you mm-hmm. get back to work. Mm-hmm. That's part of what makes work bearable. Yeah. Having that that communication. When you're in a cubicle and you're sitting by yourself all day, which now you understand. Yeah. When I was living all I did was sit in front of the screen and write all day. That's all I did. Mm-hmm. Write, mm-hmm. write, 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 write. And now I do the opposite where the daytime where the sun is out, mm-hmm. I'm outside, I bike, and at nighttime I work. Because yeah. either way, if I'm going to be in the dark, I might as well do it while the world is dark. <laughs> yeah. That's why I just sleep later than you. I'm like, forget it. Yeah, and you get the sun, which is so great, and like it's refreshing. I think that's the thing. Like I miss being outside. I don't know how ed- editors or people who are in a dark room all day—they're freaks. Yeah, like I, I, I have this huge window in my room now, which I love, but it's it's a step better than what I had before because I barely had a window it's to not look the at. Same. I was in the hotel when I had COVID. <laughs> Looking outside the window, watching people do TikTok dances, didn't make me feel better. It actually made me cry. I cried a couple times in that hotel. Um, <laughs> it does make me feel better, like when I'm actually outside, just getting some sunlight. But it's so hard because now, not that people expect you to work during your break time, which is your lunchtime, but people are working during lunchtime because they want to catch up. And it's just so tiring. And I think just mentally, it's been hard for me. And physically, I've been trying to do a lot of things like work out, you know, walk around. And when I have the time, I try to do that. And also, I want to do my hobbies, which is like, drawings you know editing like but those are something that i have to do in that room in that front of that computer that i'm I'm there all day so sometimes it's really hard to get there and i feel like i'm gonna throw up sometimes because i'm so overwhelmed with just looking at the screen all day well this is what she was going through today yes and i didn't know you know because i'm asking her if she wants to be on this podcast so in the previous the previous podcast that we recorded I was just telling this really funny story and it's just this really odd st- It's not just her and she took it as me just making fun of her, which typically it's fine. Like we tease each other all the time. Yeah. So she has this habit, <laughs> which I know of, which is where she talks to herself, right? Yeah. And in the middle of the night, I'm trying to sleep. And this is, this is one of the weird times where I'm actually sleeping earlier than she does. But you were talking on the phone with somebody until really late at night. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what happened. But imagine the, whole, the room that we're in, the lights are off, and you just see this bathroom light on. Like this slit of light. <laughs> the parameter of the, it. Exactly. The perimeter of light, which is a clear sign of a horror movie. <laughs> and then she just starts talking. She's like full-on conversation with herself, what I thought was somebody else. Because she was playing two roles. She was playing the person that was speaking and the person that's speaking back. Damn, I thought he wouldn't bring this up again. So, <laughs> so I got a little freaked out and I'm telling this funny story where I was scared. I actually had a nightmare that night that Mariel was possessed by a demon that was talking to her. And so I, that's how scary it, scary it was. And then, at, by the way, when we're in bed too, I'm telling her this and she goes, she thinks it's so funny. She's giggling as the lights are off. 
which isn't helping. <laughs> it's not helping. She goes, are you scared? That's not, I was like, hey, that's not funny. Like, don't, don't do that. And it's tempted by dreams and I had a nightmare. Well, why didn't you run away, honey? Huh? You had your moment. You had... I did what Your any opportunity to leave. I did what any adult would do. I wrapped myself in my blanket and I hid. <laughs> and it did nothing. No, because I'm still here. You know how petty this girl is? And so the so I also talk to myself here and there, right? When I'm writing stand-up, new jokes or whatever, or I'm kind of working out ideas and thoughts that I want to put down on paper. By the way, I've heard this guy talk so 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 so, so much. But how do I himself. talk to myself though? scary as if you're chanting something you're like memorizing to chant something and later on like put a hat on and there's like a pot of like disgusting stuff just like moment oh, away okay. no, you're just being ridiculous no that's what i think i feel like you're just <laughs> chanting away so when you sometimes you seem like a crazy guy because the thing is he has emotion to it and I'm like, because I'm writing wrote? something. Ha, I don't know that. I didn't know you. I did. I this told you this early on the day, early on in our relationship. And I'm like, I don't know what he's like. <laughs> but that's and also too, I'm, I'm I'm also running lines because I'm auditioning. So I'm running uh-huh. these lines in my head. He's he's either saying he's running lines to audition, running You're lines to about writing earlier. stories, yeah, and it's true. It's um okay yeah sure me too I'm writing stories I'm writing you're some literally stories not. in the room you're literally not you mm-hmm. literally yes, refer to yourself in the third yes, person I no, am. you're not you're not writing a script Whatever. show you me your know, script show me your script show me your script you show me your script I'll show you a th- I'll show you a hundred script right now yeah you show me right now <laughs> you want to take this outside I'll beat your ass right now I'll literally beat your ass. Excuse me, no violence here, okay? We got no. kids watching. No, there is no kids. Do you even know what I do for a living? No, I don't. That's the problem. <laughs> no, that's not the case. I question So you want to hear how, how petty this girl is? So as You've I- already said I'm petty. Oh, wait, no, you didn't. Oh, okay, never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, you know the previous podcast, your energy was way low. Now that she's through the roof. You triggered me. Let, let me. let me tell you with this girl. Let me tell you the pettiness what, of this When woman. you're butt naked? Yeah, and I tell them. Relax. Hold on a second. <laughs> Set it up right before you spit that water out your mouth this is leather seats <laughs> that water will soak right through hey, the pillows that's water you got sweat on there that's for me <laughs> so I had, uh, <laughs> this girl is so petty she's this woman's like bad? actively trying to catch me talk to myself i'm in the bathroom i get done with the shower and in the shower i'm like running I don't these funny lines it. it happens like nine out of ten okay hold on a second so i'm i'm uh, <laughs> okay. literally i'm like i'm like eminem in an eight mile but i'm butt naked over my sink um <laughs> And I'm sitting there just kind That's of mumbling. That's not these what words. I thought, but okay. Mumbling these things. And I'm butt naked, dick out everything. And I just hear this door open slightly. And she looks at me and she goes, see, you do it too. I'm like, <laughs> the creepiest way ever. How could you? The most pettiest woman ever. I'm naked. And she couldn't even wait for me to put my clothes back on. Nope. Because you know why? I was outside in the hallway doing, you know, having my own business. And all of a sudden I hear, so I'm like, uh uh-huh, you, you heard birds I've flying. Heard, <laughs> I've heard of that before. So I go to his room. You heard of that before? <laughs> she gets this random accent. I've heard of that before. Before? It's because I can't close my mouth. <laughs> I've heard of it before. So I go to the bathroom and sure enough, he's talking to his sub and like, hello. Oh, my Christina Aguilera, what's going on here? No. <laughs> but you, you sound about? like you're chanting. So I'm like, uh huh. 
I could, you know, if I knew this day would come, I would have recorded every time I saw you talking to yourself. Before we continue my lovely brain farts, this podcast is brought to you by Purple. Have you been sleeping some of the worst sleeps in your life? Maybe your back hates you as much as you hate yourself. Well, love yourself by respecting your back with a Purple mattress. Before my Purple mattress, I was sleeping on a quilted bag of sadness, a toughest square of shame, spring-filled torture box, and like Birdman once said, you ain't gonna disrespect me no more. Remember, if you sleep hot like me, Purple technology keeps you cool, supports your back, sides, hips, neck, shoulders. If your mattress ain't supporting you like purple, you need to leave him. Purple really is comfort for an uncomfortable world. Right now, you'll get 10% off any order of $200 or more. Go to purple.com slash GB10 and use promo code GB10. That's purple.com slash GB10. Promo code GB10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Purple.com slash GB10. Promo code GB10. Terms apply. I don't, talk, but it's not really talking to myself. Though. I'm sure, reciting lines. Sure, sure. How is reciting lines be talking to That's myself? That's what you could say. Fine, let's all believe that. What does your sweater say? Tigger. Okay. I'm, no. Okay. No. I was like, that better be a T. <laughs> <laughs> but Wait, I'll leave you like right now. Else said that. No, it's Tigger. Oh, how dirty? Do you know who I am? I, I, hey, <laughs> I'm finding out new things. Apparently, you talk to spirits in the middle of the night. We're you know what I do, things. so you better watch out. What are you going to do? What is the spirit going to do? I don't know, do? keep talking to myself. That's what I'm going to do. You're freaking weird, dude. Hey, here's your opportunity. The door is open. It's not. It's literally closed. Alrighty. <laughs> <laughs> Case closed. You know what I've always wanted to ask you? None. Let me ask you something. This is a very serious question. Not okay. really serious, but. What? You had an idea of. Boyfriend? Okay, hold the fuck on. Wait, what's going on? So it's attacking me right off the jump. Let me okay, finish my okay. damn okay. sentence. Okay. <laughs> a perfect man? <laughs> Yo, what the fuck? I can fuck? talk about that. Hold on a second. So you had an idea. Okay, well, I don't have feelings now either. <laughs> I have. So you had an idea of the type of man that you wanted to be with, right? And well, then, I wasn't far. Okay. Yeah. Why are you laughing already? <laughs> right? And I'm, I'm your first serious boyfriend. Yes. Now, clearly from the, the – so when we were first going out, I, I know the type of woman that she physically finds attractive, right? What was that? And for, you had a picture of Daniel Henney on your phone. Who doesn't have a picture first, of like, Daniel Henney? For Come like the on. first year. It was a very long time. And I'm like, we've been together for a year now. I think you should change that background. Yeah. But it was well, a long time. Hey, I was I couldn't show it to my family. All right? I got to make sure that they know I still love Daniel Henney. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. you had an idea of a person that you wanted to be with, right? Mm. And then obviously I am not Daniel Henney. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no. that's enough. <laughs> and then we have uh, <laughs> right. Did you? Did you? Was there ever a point when I when I got really big? Because when you first met me, I was maybe like two hundred and thirty pounds, thirty five pounds, so maybe fifteen pounds heavier. No, about like fifteen pounds heavier than I am now, mm. right? And then I blew up to be like two eighty. Mm. Was there ever a point when when I gained a lot of weight that you found me completely repulsive? Be honest. You could be honest. I could be really honest. You could be a hundred percent honest. No. Really? Because I was in love with you. Oh, this girl trying to get brownie points. Oh, real? After, after she hurt my feelings in the first 15 minutes of the other podcast. <laughs> hey, it's not like I did it on purpose. Like you, didn't, you noticed it though, right? You noticed the I noticed game. it. I noticed it and, you know, I approached it here and there, but not really because you were, you were, you were busy. You were doing what you got to do. You were doing your food thing. You were doing your audition and you were really busy. And the one thing that you had fun was eating late out with your friends. Yeah. 
and you were literally having tacos almost every night. And yeah. I remember that because I was like, I can't eat tacos again. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then, you know, when we meet up, which usually will be over the weekend, all you wanted to do was lay on the bed because you were tired. Yeah. So I knew that you were off and you, yes, you were getting bigger, but I don't think, uh, I think it, I was already in a stage where it's beyond the physical look. So, because I remember we went out like at a beach one time and I remember we took this picture too. We took a selfie. But I remember that day I was like, holy cow, I am in love with this guy and regardless how big he is. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Though. It's just crazy. Because, uh, yeah, when I remember like you were big, but then that wasn't like my, my only concern was your health. Yeah, yeah It wasn't yeah, yeah. like me being less attracted to was you. Was it really hard for you to bring it up to me? Cause you you never yes. you, you you never really. I mean, there was one time where I think that we got into a big fight when we first started, and I remember you started crying. It was literally in my bed, and it was because you made a you you were kind of like um, I felt that, and it could have been just my personal issues with my health mm. at the time, mm. but it was something that had to do with my weight, right? And was this when you were big? This is early on. This is like our first year in our relationship. Uh, and I just remember, like I told you, I was like, you make me feel like unattractive. It was something along those lines. Mm. And and I think that when I said that, I remember you started bawling. Like it was the first time I ever saw you cry. Oh, I don't remember this. You were literally in my bed and you were crying. <laughs> you were sobbing. Like, like straight up Korean drama style. <laughs> And I was like, yo, what the fuck? And, you know, and I think for you, you said that you didn't like the way that made me feel because you said that's how people used to make you feel. And now you were mm. doing the same to me, mm. you know. So mm. maybe that had a little bit to do with it. And it wasn't anything. I don't think you ever really attacked me. It's just mm. I took it really personal, right? Mm. Because I had issues with my health that I just kind of chose to ignore. Mm. And it's something like, you know, if you're Asian American out there, right? And I'm pretty sure you have in other cultures too. But the conversation and topic about your weight is so hard to circumvent when you talk to your, an older generation. Oh, yeah. They always talk about your weight, the way you look. And it has nothing to do with your health. They never mention health. No. They always talk about how it makes you look. And they bring it up as if it's okay to say like, hey, you got chunky. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I used to always hear that when I go to Korea. I'd be like, oh, you got so chunky again. Here, have some tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 very weird. Like Korean people and their obsession with weight. And so yeah. it was a very sensitive subject for me because my parents would always be on my back about my mm. weight, right? And I think my parents didn't know how to address it really properly because they weren't speaking my language per se. Mm. So when my parents or my dad would uh, t sh shit on me about my weight, he would never do it in the perspective of like, listen, like, it's not good for you. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I'm not asking you to lose a crap ton of weight, but just, you know, try to get a little healthier. He would never do it encouragingly, Right. He would always say, like, don't you want to look good? You know, uh, and that's how he would say things. So when people would talk about my weight in that sense, I always converted it into comedy. I made jokes about it. Yeah. And it allowed me to take that type of angst and put it somewhere else, right? Mm. Because personal image when you're a young kid, it affects you a lot. Yeah. You, you want to be the hot guy. You want to be the popular kid. You want to be the cool kid. Mm -hmm. And maybe 
I mean, now because of the like the body positivity movement, there is more acceptance of people in different with different body sizes. Yeah. When we were younger, yeah, it was it was never that case. There it was, was only specific body type. Yeah. That was like considered dope. Yeah. But now you see thicker girls, and it's which it's more I love. I love the variety of it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, when you were big, though, I think when it did come to a situation, I'm like, damn. This might not be healthy. I think I I think I remember that just because the way that you were eating, like I couldn't eat with you. And I think that triggered me of thinking like it needs to be brought up. But like I wanted to bring it up where you will listen rather yeah, than yeah, yeah. here as like, oh, not a thing, you know. Because um, it was hard. I think like the hard part for me too was that mm-hmm. I didn't want to openly admit it. But I couldn't do the activities that you were doing because I wasn't physically capable. Right. Yeah, you and said you had a hard time sleeping and your yeah, ankles were hurt. Like no. I couldn't do it. Well, now my knees all messed up because of the way I worked out, but uh. but you know, but the hard part about that was, you know, mentally I felt like I could do everything, but when I would try to do it, it was so damn hard. You know, but I'm never going to admit it. I'm just going to, you know, swallow my pride Why? or not swallow, huh? Why? Because I have a perception of myself when I was more fit. <laughs> you know, in my mind, so I'm a lot more fit. So you were a bigger head, that's why. In my mind I'm a lot more fit than I actually am. Yeah. You know, so it's like, oh, today's an off day, right? And it never clicked for me that the reason why I didn't want to go biking or – well, I didn't want to go biking because I got clipped by a car in K-Town and that shit traumatized me. But um, Nice job. Yeah, I didn't want to go biking or I didn't want to do like these other extracurricular activities because at the end of the day, it would just kill me. It was so mm-hmm. hard. It was so difficult to mm-hmm. do it. And I never really registered as being difficult because the task was was really hard because I was fat. It was just that the task is just difficult and everybody can't do this. It's not, but it wasn't everybody. Really? It was just me. Well, that's what happens. Like you rationalize things that you don't want to face. Mm. When there's issues that are being faced that you that you know are right there, it's easier for you to make an excuse than for you to address your problems. Then how did how did it click later on? David Goggins. It was a podcast. I know. Before that, that's when you were like, I need to address it. But I know that. I just, you- I just had this moment. It was this really funny moment. And I, ta- I, I said this joke a million times, but it act- I say it as a joke, but it actually happened. You and I were going out to eat, and uh-huh. I made a comment about a fat couple. And then you looked at me and you said, You're just as fat as them. And I was like, Oh, did I say yeah. that? Yeah, I was like, What a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know? For real? Yeah, by mine, I was like, What the fuck? You know? And then I remember that kind of stuck with me, and I'm like, Am I just as fat as those people? <laughs> right? Like I know I'm fat, right? But I'm, I'm like I'm like fat like them, like super out of shape, just shoving food in my face. And then little things started to click. Like I remember just walking down the stairs, I could feel everything jiggle. Ew. I'm like, yo, this is a little odd. My clothes wouldn't fit, none of it stuff, and it was very pooped on it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was super uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And then I listened to this podcast with David Goggins, and he kind of got me motivated. And after that, I just started dropping the weight. Oh, so it's that? I thought it was um. Because you saw yourself in a video where you're just like, what the hell is this guy? Oh, I noticed that. I just didn't I, – I didn't care enough though. Uh, it was just more like, oh, you know, the camera always adds 100 pounds. So it doesn't – Oh, my God. You know, the camera always makes you look bigger than you actually are, you know? Yeah. But that's so weird because like I feel – I feel girls have a bigger capacity to love somebody than sometimes a, a guy does. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, can you Because imagine- if you gain 30 pounds – 30, 40 pounds, I think I'd be fine. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I like, but you know, I like thicker girls though. Like there's you, thicker girls, but there's like I know what. Yeah, like I think there is thick. There's thick, but there's chunky. Like yeah, I don't unhealthy mind. look. Yeah, I can't be. Yeah, I well, you would can't be. Chunky. You wouldn't be morbidly obese like I was though. Like I was morbidly obese. You you know what I mean? And I, I think if I was as big as you, I don't think my body could handle that. 
Exactly. You wouldn't. You would be dead. That's yeah. what. That's what it would be. But if you say you gained forty pounds, I probably I, I I'd be like, oh, she look thick. That's all. But I like thicker girls though. So like I've dated thicker women. It's it's not a big thing. Hmm. I don't know. I like because I know. Like you're one of the smaller girls I've dated. Like. My body frame-wise is smaller. But I know there are bigger frames who are thicker, but not necessarily like fatter, if that makes sense. Mm. So I, I I understand if you're attracted to like bigger shape, like but not fat. No, I'm talking ta- – I think your perception of what fat is to me is different like for a girl. Like when a girl has like rolls or whatever here and there, it's not really fat to me. That's like – What if it had like no neck? Well, I'm, well, you might be morbidly obese at that point, but like thicker girls mm-hmm. too, where there's like rolls here, a little stretch mark here. That, that I don't really care about that. That's actually kind of nice to me. Interesting. But it's just how I grew up. Like women in my neighborhood were thicker. Like mm-hmm. that's just what I saw. Mm-hmm. That's what I grew up with. Mm-hmm. So it's just, and I and I do believe that a majority of women do look like that, especially specifically in the United States. Or yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah. So it's like something yeah. that I'm I'm used to. I mean, among my quote unquote American friends, I am on the smaller side. So yeah. And you know yeah. what, too? It's, you know, I'm not speaking about this from, you know, what beauty standard, standards are in, pers- in in terms of what my change in my life was. Mm. It just had to do with the fact that I felt like shit and I couldn't ignore it anymore. Yeah. You know? I am yeah. glad you changed it because. It's hard now, too. Even yeah. going to Hawaii when I gained that 10 pounds, I worked so hard to drop like eight. It took me two and a half weeks and I dropped like seven, seven-ish pounds, seven, eight pounds. But that was hard. Mm-hmm. But I feel better, though. And I still haven't even lost all the weight that I gained within the eight days in Hawaii. I still have three more pounds to lose. And then I feel a little normal. There was that one time, and I will remember that onigiri photo in Little Tokyo where I saw your jawline. It was the first day I saw your jawline. You ain't doing jawlines, dude. What is that? Uh, so I don't know. Ever since I was a, I was young, I had a thing about jawline. So have you seen Thanos? Huh? Thanos from, from Marvel? Who's Thanos? You don't know who Thanos is? Where's my damn phone? This is gonna get you horny. Watch this, dude. Let me show you. But continue your story. Oh, so like, uh, so when I was in middle school, I was into a guy named Tom Welling, who's the Superman from Smallville. Mm -hmm. He had a nice jawline, and I think that's where it came. I was just like, oh, that jawline, though. (laughs) Let me show you. Let me show you the best jawline ever, dude. Who's Thanos? This is from Marvel. This is Thanos. This might get you. Look at that's a jawline okay. right there. That's a chin line, not a jawline. <laughs> that's the longest chin line ever. No, it's a jawline. It's different. That is a beautiful jawline. Like and then have- Daniel ha- Henny House has a very nice jawline. My brain farts. This podcast is brought to you by Skillshare. Listen, let me cut to the chase. I know you're like me. You have hobbies, you have goals, and a bunch of things you want to learn and try, but you don't know where to get the right information or let alone start. And yeah, you can search online for hours for the right class, but I'm telling you, stop that and get Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community that offers membership with meaning, with so much to explore, real projects to create, and the support of other fellow creatives. Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth, and that's why I love them. And listen, the course I'm checking out right now is actually called the YouTube Success Script Shoot and Edit by Marcus Brown Lee. He's actually one of my favorite online creators, and I've been doing this a long time, but I can always learn from the greats, and that is MKBHD. I love his stuff, so I can learn a lot from him. So remember, explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash brain and get a free trial of premium membership. That's Skillshare.com slash brain. I don't know. And also, I look at myself when I when I was younger. I was like, do I have a nice jawline? <laughs> you have a very nice jawline. Do I? 
what what is the what is probably the the hardest part about quarantine for you in terms of us for in our relationship because i think the quarantine definitely tested our relationship a lot like yes. yeah you know and you know in your case too i don't know if you're comfortable about talking about this right and we'll cut it out if you're not mm-hmm. but you had a lot of personal stuff that you had to go through mm. right mm. and you know for me it was very difficult because you know, during this quarantine, everybody was talking about their relationships being tested. Yeah. And I knew it was going to come. Yeah. And I've even mentioned this on JK News before where I said the reason why you and I work out so well is because you and I have two very separate lives. Yes. And we get to meet up and talk about it. Yes. And that was that part was taken out of our relationship. It was yes. literally stripped from us. And yes. uh, it was hard to deal with, you know. Mm. And for you too, a lot of things were kind of in this quarantine, a lot of this was brought up for everybody. There are demons that we didn't have to face because we weren't, we didn't have time to sit in our house and think about these things. Mm-hmm. We had so many other distractions that kind of, kind of push away a lot of our personal issues. Mm-hmm. Quarantine didn't allow for that. Mm-hmm. It, we had too much time to think, and it allowed for these thoughts to kind of eat us up inside, mm-hmm. right? And so, in your case, <clears throat> I was having a lot of trouble too because I'm kind of, I'm kind of somebody who. Because I went through that the fire and brimstone of this this situation already, my mm-hmm. quarantine already happened once when I was two hundred and eighty pounds, and I was staying at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of like depressed, and all I had to do was work out and lose this weight. Mm-hmm. So I knew how to combat this stuff. I had to be active. I, I actually, know. I was kind of curious, like how quarantine has changed your life, because obviously for me, like I've. You know, a lot of things has stripped away, including like going to work. But for you, like you were still able to work around, you know, seeing friends and like work people. And I mean, so you still had that connection. I, I completely lost it. It changed my life in terms of I don't have a traveling show anymore. Like I used to travel for work all the time. I did stand up. I was doing college shows. All that stuff was mm. taken away from me. So for me, I adapted by I picked up a hobby. I picked up biking. Oh, it only took seven years, folks. <laughs> yeah. Only okay, seven let it, years. Let it go. I'm here now. I will never let it go. And now I'm dusting her ass when I bike. So <laughs> we don't even bike together, by the way, folks. It's different because she you she likes it. She, her our weather conditions are so different. But mm. we, I, I picked up a hobby in order to combat yeah. everything else, right? Because I figured out that I actually need to be outside and I need to be active. Mm. And another thing that was taken away from was kickboxing. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Kickboxing was completely taken. That's right. That was my life. Like kickboxing was my thing. Yeah. And so I decided to, for me anyways, to just pick up biking just to keep active and kind of figure things out. Mm. And I started walking again. I was walking like eight, nine, ten miles yeah, a day. Yeah. And so there was ways for me to figure it out. And so I was figuring out on my own time mm-hmm. my happiness. Yeah. Right? And then, and I think for you, because you had personal turmoil with your own issues of happiness, I can't fix that for you. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And I think when we were going through our personal relationship, you know, at the time when I was telling you this, it kind of made you feel that when I said, hey, I can't make you happy. Mm-hmm. Like, I haven't changed. Like, yeah. I'm figuring this stuff. It made me. It made you feel like I was putting the blame on you. Yeah. Right? But what I was really trying to say was, <clears throat> you are responsible for your own happiness. Yeah. I can only support you in your happiness and help you figure it out and give you an ear. But I can't be I can't be the enemy and your friend at the same yeah. time. It doesn't make sense, you know? Yeah, I had a hard time. I don't know what happened. Like there was like a switch later on and I don't know where where and when that happened. And I think it's honestly when we moved in together because I'm all about so I you know, prior to living with you, I lived with a lot of other housemates. Um and 
kind of worked around like, you know, making sure that we're all just like in a happy situation because we all need our compromise. And I think my goal was that let's just compromise everything when we move in together. Obviously, I had my needs and my wants. <clears throat> but I think overall, like I try to like, I'm a people pleaser. It's what I do in my job too. Like I, I do what I can to please people. And so I think I applied that to our relationship when we moved in. Um, and then, you know, we moved to a couple places. And one thing that really did help me before quarantine was that I got to um, close that chapter while I'm at work. You know, like while I'm at work, I have this whole different life that I don't need to worry about what this person's going to think, um, you know, how to compromise. Like you're an I'm just there to be myself and do my job. I'm so good at my job, right? And so I have this confidence of just like having a good time with friends, coworkers, you know, and then I work out as well at work. You know, there's a gym or like with friends, we will go and do outdoor activities and then I come back and then I'll be with you again. And then with you, I think because we're so new living together, it was always a little bit sensitive for me of like understanding what works for us. Um, because clearly we both have very different lifestyle in the inside the house, you know, like the first thing, the obvious thing would be, do we keep the toilet seat up or down? That was the first thing. Let's move on from that. Let's continue. No, I'm saying like, we've gone a long way though. Like you've done really well putting it down and I've been very good, not go crazy if it's up. So that said, Quarantine came around and I think in the beginning I had some leisure time to like do what you did. So while you go out, I go out and like, you know, go for a run, do my exercise. And I think it really helped in sense of like, you know, making sure that we don't go insane. And then at a certain point, I didn't have that time. You know, while you're out there and at about and like doing what you got to do, I was trapped in my room from morning till night. Um unless I have to go to the bathroom, which I would run, it would be right next door. But like, I didn't even have the time to go to the bathroom, you know, and I was just literally stuck to this computer all day. And out of, and then I realized that I started losing a lot of weight. Sure. Some people were like, oh, you're so lucky you're losing weight in quarantine because everyone's gaining weight. No, I was losing it because I was so stressed out, which I never, ever had issue before. I've never lost weight because I was stressed out. So that was just a weird part. Um, And I think that shows how stressed out I was because then the next thing I know is that when I do have the free time, I'm always at the clinic. I'm at a different clinic every day trying to figure out what's wrong with my body because my body started to shut down. And it's just so much pain on my body that obviously it's not like it's not like I broke my body, but it's just the subtle pain that would just never go away. It's like these like, you know, constant migraine where it's not like super big, but it's just there all the time that you slowly get agitated and irritated and it sucks the life out of you later on. And then you become ag- you become this agitated person. You lose that that bright side of yours. And I think I just got in got sucked into this like dark hole where I didn't know how to release that. I, didn't I think have that was the hard part too because <clears throat> any any girl that's been in a relationship with me knows that I am an over-communicator, meaning that I like to ask questions, right? Mm. And so I think like me asking you, I, I think like the frustrating part for me was 
when I would ask you why, it, it kind of made me see that I was being dismissive of what you were feeling, but mm-hmm. I just didn't understand. So mm-hmm. I had to ask why. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, why Why is it that you feel this way? Why is it that way? Mm-hmm. And then the response that you kept giving me was, you just need to be nice. And I couldn't figure uh, out what yeah. that meant. I was so, like, I don't know what that means. I need to know why. Like, what am I doing? So you the know? one thing that was always around was David. And I, it's David and the apartment, right? And our apartment, I have to say, like, we didn't think that we would be in the house 24-7. So it was a place where we just come home, sleep, rest, and then That's go it. out. Yeah. yeah. But and it became our life, right? And, you know, David is all there all day and I'm there all day. So if a person or human being is in the house all day, things are going to get messed around. Things are going to be moved around. Our place was small. Small for the amount of stuff that I have because I have equipment and stuff. Yeah. And also we have two bikes. We have no garage. We have no yeah, storage. It wasn't really meant to. It, it felt like a storage. Yeah. But I guess just my, I don't know what it was, but then that triggered me. That was my trigger of like things not in place. Things are messy. Like I can't get out of this box. I felt like I was inside a box all the time. And David was there to take my anger, basically. He was the one and only who's there to absorb my anger, my agitation, and it just built up on him. And he was trying to figure out why I'm feeling this because I'm just inside a box in a room all day and I come down and I'm like being mean to him. And he didn't understand that, which I also didn't understand because I didn't think that I was doing it. But it was just seeping out so bad. Yeah, it felt like I no matter what move I was making, I was doing something wrong. Mm. And so, you know, for me personally, I have to take a step back and think like, okay, what am I doing wrong? Like, is this like... Can I try things? And so, you know, things would be addressed. And he goes, try this, try that. I would do it and nothing would get better. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is not a me problem now. This is a her problem. Yeah. And it was hard for her to take me saying that to her because it makes you feel as if she has nobody on her side. It's like, well, Mm -hmm. so it's just all my fault. And that's what it can feel like when that comes off. But I was at my wit's end. I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have anything else left in me because I'm literally just existing at this mm-hmm. point, you know. And, you know, for for us, because I, I, I've done like, there, I've, I've and, you know, BetterHelp is a sponsor of this podcast, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I talk about BetterHelp a lot just because I do like online, offline counseling. Mm-hmm. Online counseling or off versus offsite counseling because I'm somebody who deals with anxiety. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like talking over, talking with somebody over the phone is a lot easier for me. Mm-hmm. And so... For Mariel, if you're okay with sharing this, like she started doing online counseling as mm-hmm. well. And that really helped out because for how I see it anyways, our relationship has been so much better yeah. since. Because there are things that you could talk to about with that person that you mm-hmm. can't with me or even your best friend sometimes. Yeah. yeah. No, I loved it. I mean, I think the way that this, the situation where we're having that conversation, you mentioning like taking a therapist, having a therapist, I think just the situation and the conversation we're having put me off wrong or it set me off wrong and I was just like in denial because it sounded like I had like you're prob- the problem yeah, yeah I'm the problem um but nonetheless I still I was like I got nothing else to lose I'm like I feel like I'm at bottom right because we were I mean if we could have an honest moment we were about to split so it's like we were having a conversation about about splitting yeah because and it, it wasn't even at the point of like hey I don't care about you it's just more like i don't feel anything for you and i think for me personally is because i felt like i was getting beat up so much Mm. i had nothing left in me Mm -hmm. i literally had nothing left to give because i have exhausted all my resources in trying to figure out what i'm doing wrong and for me at that point was i don't think i am doing anything wrong Mm. like i've 
I've done everything that I thought I did on the checklist. I've reduced X amount of things and I'm want I want her to be happy. And I think for her, when it came to the therapy, the the therapy idea, like one of the things that she didn't know, which I didn't discuss with her, she goes, Well, well, how about we do couples therapy? And I was like, I need you to trust. And this is what I truly believe. It's like I'm down for couples therapy a hundred percent. But I, I wanted her to do therapy first because I needed her to trust the process first because I've been to therapy. I did it for two years straight because I had anger issues. So I had to go through anger management and therapy for it because mm-hmm. I was a very, very violent kid. And it was because of the household that I grew up. Because of therapy, I actually fixed the relationship I had with my father. Um, not so much the therapist like, dealing with my parental issues per se, but dealing huh. with my anger and learning how to empathize transferred yeah. over into how I dealt with my father. Yeah. Right? And so I know therapy works. Right. I, I truly believe in it. And I think the hard part is, is that, you know, I think couples therapy is OK, but having a personal therapist for you to talk out your thoughts before we even meet our couples therapist would have been the best, you know, because trusting the process is really important when you when you have that therapist and you can have a conversation. Because if mm-hmm. we go into it together, it feels a little volatile for me because yeah. at that point, I just didn't have it in me left. I didn't have it. Yeah. You know, so if we yeah. went to couples therapy, I felt like I wouldn't have been honest about it. Mm-hmm. I would have just had nothing left to give. I would just sat there and just. One year out the other, you know? Yeah. So um, fortunately, fortunately, I found an amazing therapist that actually worked out so well. Like, I I always say that she's very magical. I am so glad in my first try. Well, technically, it was my second try. But it was my first try recently where, you know, I just picked one. And then it just happened to be a great one who, it's weird. Like, you don't even have to. She doesn't even ask much. It just she just says the right questions, I guess, maybe the right keywords, where it triggers me and keeps talking and talking. And there was at this one point where one of the conversation was that uh, what makes me happy, and we're just having a conversation, conversation, and it turns out that my happiness depends on David. So if David's unhappy, I'm unhappy. If David's happy, I'm happy, and. She was, she just kept looking at me. My therapist just looked at me. It's like, your happiness depends on your partner. And I was like, yeah, it does. And it took me a second or so to process. I'm like, holy cow. When did I lose my independency? Independence. Independence. That's Independency. Tight. I love that word, dude. Let's we gonna, cut we that gonna, out. Let's cut that <laughs> out. No, we got to keep that in because you're a rapper now, dude. That's a rapper <laughs> word. Compromisation. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, what's up? This is my new album, Independency. Independency. <laughs> Independence. Yeah. Um, I was like, holy cow, when did I lose it? Uh, and I, the crazy thing is, is like I've kind of lightly touched on the subject with her. But obviously the therapist can, can say it in better words than me. But my words were, you need to focus on your self-care. You know, I was like literally saying self-care, self-care, self-care. You win. I remember. And then you went to the, <laughs> you went into the, uh, the, the, the supermarket with Becky and you went self-care out of nowhere. That was some of the, I was because ta- of you? Yeah. I was telling you about self-care. I don't want to credit you on that. I don't remember that. Yes. And then you went, you went, and then Becky told me that you went into the, uh, to the uh, supermarket and you screamed self-care because I was telling you about take like self-care. Like I'm not responsible I for your personal I thought my therapist. No, this is what I told you. Like, uh, like before your therapist, right? Mm, but this is what I'm okay. saying. How, like, when you have a, a, an impartial third party, they're able to communicate it to you better because I'm also the source of your anger. Yes. So you can't. No. I, it doesn't come out the same yes. way. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I can't help you. Yes. You know, I literally. You could. are 
helpless. That's what I'm saying. Helpless man. Um, All right. But that said, uh, I think that's the one thing that really shook me is that trying to remember when when did this start? When did it start that that I had to depend my happiness on this guy? And it it made me frustrated. Not mad, but frustrated because I didn't want that to be the case. Like, and I'm just such an independent woman before I met you. Like, I was just like, fuck everyone else. Like, I'm first. It's what I want to do. And now I became like, I don't even care about myself. Like, what is it? Do Should I do this to make you happy? And that just made me so mad. Which is so odd for me because I've never expected that from her at all. Like, Because and I, I'm a people pleaser. That's yeah. what it is. It's that it comes down to that with my parents too. Like, I do things to please them. You know, I went to a certain school because that pleased them. I went to a certain company because that pleased them. And that's just… I, I, I hunger. I hunger. <laughs> I hunger. I hunger. For um, for uh, gratification, I guess not gratification. What do you call it? Um, what do you call it? Shoot. Oh, I know what the word you're talking about. The you, uh, it's um, co- it's like confirmation, like co- confirmation. Like, no, uh, uh, co- affirmation. Uh, affirmation. <laughs> I said confirmation. My confirmation. bad. Confirmation. Affirmation. Affirmation. I yeah. hunger for. Affirmation, which is so interesting, right? Because I'm, I'm, I'm typically the opposite. I don't need others' approvals. I need approval of myself, mm. right? So when I do personal projects or what, no matter what I do, mm. I need to enjoy it first. Fuck what somebody else thinks. Mm. Do I like it first? Mm. And it just turns out the things that I like typically other people like too. So, mm. but if I don't personally like it, I don't give a fuck if you like it or not. Mm. I, I could care less. Like I could put out a song, right? And then they're like, "Yo, that song's dope." I'm like, "That's cool. I fucking hate it. I'll trash it." It doesn't matter if you like it because mm. it's for me first. Because mm. I, I, that's what, you know, I think artistry has to come for yourself first. Yeah, when you think about the business sense, you're, you're trying to sell your art. It, there's that whole side too. But when I create and I do things for my personal happiness, mm. my opinion matters the most. Mm-hmm. Whether somebody thinks it's trash, it's terrible, mm. if it's good or bad, fuck your opinion. Mm. I need to like it first. Mm. You can have your opinion after I have my own, mm-hmm. you know? So… I like I've never expected I it was so weird when you told me you came to that realization because then it made me think like well, did I did I do this like did I make her feel that she needed to please me but in my personal opinion I didn't feel, feel like it was because I never been like that like mm-hmm. I've always just kind of done my own thing mm-hmm. and it was something that was frustrating for my parents growing up because you know they're like you don't care what other people yeah. think and it was frustrating because yeah. my father's a pastor we have yeah. this Korean community that gossips all the time yeah, you know? yeah. So I just kind of always live my own life. And mm-hmm. I've been able to kind of, you know, I've had my stages where I'm super sad and everything else. But I've always been able to pick myself up because I've kind of put my happiness on my own personal responsibility. Yeah. And it's been, a, it, it kind of allows me to um, just be happy, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I could go completely. I feel like we're all in like polar opposite when it comes to those. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of extreme though. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm really on extreme. The yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a little extreme. You, you know, are. like literally. And I think that's that's another thing. Like, I'm I'm such a normal, average person. You know what I mean? Like, I'm on the spectrum of it. I'm so average that I have a partner who's not so average. And it could be a good thing and also a bad thing in a sense of like, 
you're so extreme that like I I feel like I judge myself even that much more. Mm. Not because of who you are, just because of who I am. Like because I'm so much of a people pleaser, that extreme of yours is even more extreme to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like someone could be just like, you know, if I have a typical nice guy, my people pleasing side wouldn't be as like crazy of wanting to please that person because it's so easy. Because I'm also very opinionated about things, but it yeah. doesn't it doesn't really mean anything. It's a thought. Everything's are everything is a thought, right? So for example, let's say um if I cook something, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not that great. I beat myself up more than somebody else will beat up my dish. What if everybody said it was good? I don't care. I don't like it. You're not getting it again. <laughs> you know? Uh, Do you know what I mean? Because remember, there's like stuff that I cook. You go, it's good. I'm like, I'm not serving this. Like, yeah, I, I'm yeah, not serving yeah. this dish. I don't like it. You're not going to get it. You have a strong opinion. I'm the opposite. Yeah. I am such a wishy-washy girl. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's the Gemini in me, but like, oh, God. I'd be like, this oh, is... Oh, God. Yeah. Like, for example, like if I get an outfit, right? I'm like, I think this looks cool. And no, I'm, I'm like, oh, I think this outfit looks ugly. And if someone says, oh, that's really cute, I'd be like, oh, really? Maybe it is cute after all. Like, I'm such an easy going, not easy going. What is it? Very wishy washy. Um, so I like to have someone who affirms my opinion. Yeah, I think that's where back in I come to. And, and you and I are different. Like, I don't care yeah. if you affirm it or not. Like, I'm I'm pretty much good. I can live with or without it. Mm-hmm. So I've been so easy. I could go anywhere with basketball t- basketball shorts and a t shirt. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't care where I'm going. This is just who I am. You are someone who wants – you don't care as in like I'll go wherever you go. You want someone to make the direction. You want the someone to um, – uh, what is it? Uh, decide the final decision. Yeah. I'm someone who – I'm kind of on the same side. But that if someone asks me to make the final decision, I start to hesitate. And this kind of makes sense too. So for example, when we uh, – Mariel and I went to Paris for Tiff and Casey's uh, – Wedding. So if you guys don't know, if you guys are listening for the first time, Tiffany and Casey are also YouTubers. They um, they uh, they got married in Paris. Mm-hmm. It was like the dream wedding or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Mariel set up a whole itinerary. We mm. couldn't hit certain things, and it was stressing her out, right? Um, mm. And then, there were things, and the things that she was taking me to, mm. she and I both haven't been to, but I didn't like it, and mm. it personally hurt her. Mm. And for me, I couldn't compute that because it's like, well, yeah, you set up the itinerary. I'm not telling you I'm having a bad time. I'm not telling you the day is ruined. I'm just saying like, ah, this is whatever, which happens when you have new experiences. You're not going to love everything. But it was hard for her to hear that because it was such a personal blow Yeah. because the people pleasing side was coming out. It's like, this person isn't pleased. But in my mind, I'm like, you don't have to like it either. We both (laughs) don't have to like this. Yeah. Just because it's on the list, it doesn't mean it has to be liked. Which makes sense. It totally makes (laughs) sense. I'm like, you're right. You're right. And I think, I don't know what it is. I think it's just like, I maybe I was hoping for the best. It's like hope for the best that I work hard to look for these like you know quote unquote good food. By the way, Yelp sucks and in, Google sucks too when it comes France. to Paris food. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. Like we went to one restaurant that on Yelp it said it was amazing. We go in there and terrible. it was a freaking like frozen plate. It, it was terrible. The food was fucking. And it terrible. was so expensive. Trip advisor, you piece of shit. <laughs> but that said, like I think before I arrived there, like I was hoping it would be like perfect plan. And I'm not a perfectionist, but like I always hope for the hope it would be, I guess. I don't know. When it comes to those. She, she has a lot of qualities that I kind of wish I had in myself. Like because of my anxiety, I sometimes I feel like I choose to ignore things and go with the flow because when I focus on it too much, 
it becomes very highly apparent about the things I'm not doing right. Mm-hmm. And so, and that, that's what I have. And, and that ag- aggravates my anxiety. Mm-hmm. So I've chose to ignore it. Problem with that is, is that you sometimes you just don't get things done the right way, mm-hmm. you know. And that's what I run into a lot. It's mm-hmm. mm, where I'm I'm trying to balance out a little bit of both, right? Yeah. Because, for example, like planning out podcasts and topics is something that I should be doing on the daily if I'm taking this very seriously. Yeah. I tend to not do that. And you're so blessed because you could improv well. That's where your experience comes in. Yeah, but you know, this podcast could probably be a lot better if I planned it out. I mean, yeah, I'm sure it would have. But hey, you're a one-man business. You can only do so much, right? Yeah. Um, But that said, like if I had – so funny enough, I do have friends who are just like me or even more extreme than I am when it comes to like going on a trip and planning things. I am you in that group. Yeah. And when I'm in those groups, I'm like, if I don't need to do it, I won't do it. I will go with the flow. And I love doing that because you know why? I know that they have a plan and mm. I can see the plan. It makes me very happy. Also for me too, because like <laughs> control is also another factor for anger for me, right? So uh-huh. if I'm trying to take control of something mm-hmm. and shit's not popping off right, my, mm-hmm. I'm going to get angry. Yeah. You know, it's something that I kind of learned to like going with the flow is also something I learned with like anger management, not trying mm. to control everything. Mm. And the only thing I could do is control my emotions and myself, mm. right? So... Like there was another example and I remember, <laughs> I think it's true. She and I are polar opposites because when we first started going out too, I remember I had to drop her off at the airport and mm. uh, she was going to be late because there was construction on the freeway. Mm-hmm. And she was just kind of going on this long conversation in the car of like what's going to happen if she doesn't make it. And I've learned to do the opposite where I was telling her, whether you complain, whether you're anxious, angry or not, we're still going to get there on the same time. Nothing is going to change. So you have to accept that. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then, you know, she got there on time. And when we when we kind of focus on the stuff that we literally can't change, mm-hmm. it's a waste of time. Mm-hmm. We cannot change. We cannot change the fact that there's construction on the freeway. Mm-hmm. We cannot change the fact that you're going to be late. We can only do our best that or we can only hope that you can make your flight on time. Yeah. And that's it. Because the more we put our energy into things that literally serve us no purpose, mm-hmm. we have wasted our time. We have wasted our happiness. Yeah. My My goal in life is just to be happy. And it's a struggle. Happiness is work, people. Like people don't understand that. Happiness is fucking work. You have to want to choose to stay in this world and be happy for it to happen. Some people are just so fucking stupid that they're happy all the time. And I know a few people like that (laughs) where they're fucking bimbos and dits. And I'm not talking, this is not sex oriented. I'm talking about like dude, dude bimbos, Uh female, uh like like marbles in their brain. And sometimes I am jealous of them. Yeah, it is true. The less you know, the more happy you are. That is very true. And I think during this quarantine, it's one of those things. I'm like, are we ever going to get back to how it was? And if so, how long is that going to take? Is it worth for me to wait for that time? Or is it a turning point for me? Because I feel like I've discovered so much about certain things in my life perspective that I'm wondering, should I take should I take this turning point and move on with what I've learned? Or should I hope for the best on the, you know, that things will come back to normal and then have my normal life again? I don't think you should wait for anything. Like you just do whatever you're doing. I don't even go that far to think, is everything going to go back to normal? The normal is whatever the normal is. And I'm just going to function how I function. I'll figure my way around it. Right. Mm. That's the only thing you could do. Mm. There are people in this quarantine and pandemic that adapted really, really well. Mm-hmm. And they took this at time as an opportunity to kind of level up yeah. or figure their way around this stuff, right? Yeah. And there's other people who are just coasting. Yeah. That's, that's the idea of not trying to control things that you cannot change. Yeah. These things are not in your hands. 
you can only do what's best for you and figure that out. That's it. That's the only thing you can do. Yeah. Right? Yeah, this definitely this quarantine has uh, made you realize that you can only plan so much and hold on to things so much. That's everything. Everything is like that. You know, mm-hmm. here here's the thing. You know what's guaranteed in this world is death. Death is guaranteed. <laughs> that's the only thing that's guaranteed. Yeah. What you do with your time on this earth is very, very important. Maybe not to everybody else, but for you. Mm-hmm. Because the moment you close your eyes and you open your eyes the next day, you can't you can't take yeah. back everything that you've done. It's done. We have a finite amount of time. People live this life in on this earth as if they're going to live forever. And that's not the case. Yeah. Right? I'm not saying you have to rush through things, you have to try you, you know, you have to stress yourself out the fact that you're going to die. Mm-hmm. But if you know that these days are spent, mm-hmm. right? Shouldn't you try to spend those days, not productive, but but being happy and kind of reaching your own personal potential? Yeah. And that could be just about anything. Because me biking today for two hours is not a waste of my time. That made me happy today. I'm so jealous of you that you biked. Yeah. But then I got to work and edit two videos after this. I'll be up to like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. So yeah. it's, you know, I, there's a give and take for me. Well, that's the thing. Like, not that I want your life. I but get to choose what I get to yeah, do. Yeah. And... You know, you have a different work lifestyle than I do, obviously, you know, and it has really made me think like what really does make me happy and is what I'm doing worth what I want to do. Like I have, you know, I have goals and I have purpose that I want to achieve. And I'm just looking back and saying, well, those things are still possible, but why am I not doing it? And what are my excuses? And you know, when I told myself, let's give it a try and do some other things that I know that makes me happy. Sure enough, it's like it 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 brings so much joy and it just, I guess, I don't know. It's just a turning point for me again that. But I wake up a lot of the times not feeling happy though. Like even right now, nothing's really going on for me. Hmm. Like I have this podcast, which I enjoy because people listen to it and that's the joy that I get. Hmm. It's when people listen to this podcast they say that it helps them get through the day it makes them happy it makes them smile Mm. that's my joy Mm. right but my personal goals Mm -hmm. are kind of on hold right now because even i don't know what i want to do before Mm. it was the film like i was doing the film Mm -hmm. before it was stand-up what's my goal now you know what my goal is now is literally just to be happy like i i that's that's just my overarching goal but i don't have a personal set goal right now so sometimes i have to struggle with that every day Mm. right and i think that's good like to have that struggle of trying to find out what it is too. Yeah, I'm just always doing something though. Yeah. Like, you know. Like I, I that's the thing. That's what I want to do. I can't do anything else is how I feel. Yeah. Because I'm because of the nature of this pandemic and my work it's just that that's how I feel every day and it really draws the life out of me. Of course, it takes away your spirit, yeah. right? Like yeah. Yeah, it does. So, you know, but I think just understanding that and always thinking about, you know, it's only been recent and I love my therapist because she's the one who is giving me a lot of like hope, I think, or, you know, making me realize there's still hope of figuring out how to, you know, have my quote unquote work-life balance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I wonder how it is for everybody else out there and how quarantine really tested their own personal relationships and their thoughts about themselves and their lives because it was, it was hard for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, some people came out stronger. A lot of people I know broke up. I know. A lot of people were there. We haven't broken up yet. We have not yet. Thank you. Thank you for the vote of confidence. <laughs> the- yes. Yes. 
you know, we're, we're it, everything is a work in progress, right? Mm-hmm. And the good thing is because of therapy, I feel like we're we're stronger than we were before. Like we don't really fight as much. It's been what since February, March, April, February, March, April, maybe two, three months. We maybe had like a few few disagreements here, but I feel like your communication now is is it's it's on another level. Really? Like you talk through your thoughts now, where I can understand you. Oh yeah. So yeah, I don't yeah. get angry yeah. now. Now you could really talk to me about how you feel. Oh, I'm glad you understand that. And it helps me like rationalize what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, before we end this podcast, let me just give you this great story. So. Mariel and I have always had this struggle of, you know, when she was talking about her own personal self-worth. So there are times because, number one, I didn't grow up in a household where words of affirmation are needed for you to feel good. You kind of find that for yourself, that uh, that's something that she craves for. That's something that she needs. This is something that I've been learning to to give to her more often, right? Um, we found out that there was a small discrepancy in our relationship about how we value money versus physical labor, Right. Now, what I mean by this is this is a representation of effort. So to break that down even further, um, she says that some – she told me that she feels that sometimes I shove money in her face. And I was kind of thrown off by that. I go, what do you mean? I've never, ever shoved my money in your face at all. Like I've never, ever mm-hmm. said, look at how much money I make. You don't make anything. I've never, ever in my life would ever do that, right? Because it's, it's a terrible thing to ever say. I've never done that. So I didn't know what she meant by that. And what she meant was that – she feels that sometimes that in in lieu of me kind of fixing things that I could do with my own hands, I tend to use money to fix these problems. Mm. And for her, that felt that her effort is not equivalent to the money that I make, right? And what I was telling her is the opposite. The value of somebody's effort in a relationship, in ter- and this is how I view it anyways. F- let, let's just say this. And we used an example that we used, we got into an argument about a couple of years ago where she wanted me to help clean up the house. Mm-hmm. And I said, forget it. I'm not going to help you clean up the house because no matter what, no matter how I clean it, it's not going to be good enough. And if you're stressed and I'm stressed, let me just pay for a cleaner to come up once mm-hmm. a month or whenever we need her to, her mm-hmm. or he, and they'll clean this whole place up. Mm-hmm. And she said, no, I want you to clean it up. And I got really pissed. And I'm like, no, like I'm. what the hell's the problem? And I think what happened there was that it made me made her feel like I was undermining her effort, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, if you just don't want it, you just can always fix it with money. Yeah. You know, and then what I was telling her is actually the exact opposite. Your effort is always going to be valued 10 times more than the money that I use to fix a problem. Because I use the money to help clean up this place because I lack something that's allowing me to help you that no matter how I help you, it's not going to work. So the only way I can solve it is because I do have the financial stability to help us out. So your effort is always going to be here and my money to solve that problem is always going to be here. And this is, by the way, the first time I've ever ever heard him talk about this. But it's also because this is the first time you actually communicated. Because before it was, why can't you just be nice? (laughs) You know? Perhaps, yeah. So it allowed us to open up and have this conversation. So. You know, that's where this thing kind of blew my mind. I was like, she always thought that her effort was beneath the the money that I was using to solve this problem. Yeah. But it was never that way. It's like this. If she and I had a kid, right? If we have a child, she's over here feeding the kid, um, teaching the kid how to walk. She's giving them emotional support. But I'm working and I put the clothes on their back mm-hmm. and the food in their mouth. Mm-hmm. That, shit's, that, that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It matters that the person who is present taking care of this child. Mm-hmm. The money is supplemental because of the help that you need to raise the child. 
Yeah. So your effort, it will always be here and the money will be here. Yeah. You know? I th- And I'm, I appreciate you saying that because um, I have actually two therapists. <laughs> I have the one that I talk online mm-hmm. and actually my personal trainer is actually another therapist because <laughs> yeah. um that was the one thing that i kept talking i kept bringing up or it was stuck in my mind she was like is, is something is something wrong and i was like well and i brought it up and she's like i brought up the whole you know like i feel like my value is just very underappreciated and it's just like well are you gonna talk about that and i usually she doesn't bring it up saying like with that kind of suggestion but i was like i think it's time i think it's time to talk i think time would have been like five years ago <laughs> well, it wouldn't it wouldn't have come out like that collectively then. Yeah. Um because it was what I decided to do um since I was taking therapy is that I would hold it in and kind of remember these moments of like is it a pattern? Is it something that I'm doing, you know, just to make sure that I'm not reacting and telling him something out of just emotion. It, like for David, he's all about data. And I suck at remembering things. But when I hold it in and I told myself I have to remember this, like I, I ended up remembering it. So I was able to bring up examples because David loves to bring, no, loves to hear or he has to know examples to understand what I'm saying too. And it doesn't have to be anything big either. I just mm-hmm. need something to chew on. Yeah. So if it's, and I don't like commands. And the reason why I don't like commands is because that's how I was spoken to as a child my whole life. It's do yeah. this, don't ask. Do so, this, don't ask. <laughs> so now, since I know how David doesn't like to be treated, and I know how his brain works in the sense of like that kind of communication, I knew that I couldn't tell him what to do, which is by default, I already knew that. But I also need to bring up examples and talk in, in a very monotone manner <laughs> so that there's no emotion to it. And I have to wait because... Um, the reason of the waiting part is so that I don't bring emotion to the conversation. And so it would take some time to bring it. But um, I, I think there was like solid two examples where um, this conversation did work. One was about the value and one was another thing that was in, um, in the car. Uh, no, it was in the bedroom. Oh, I think we were just very like mellow about it. Yeah. Um, because that's how I want to communicate. And I think like before the, the question, <laughs> I think me asking her why would set her off. But then I need the why. But <laughs> I didn't know why. Yeah. And it was through therapy conversations over and over again where I'm just like, sometimes I even have big eyes out of nowhere. I'm like, whoa, that's what I was really thinking about. Yeah. And then like I would say out loud like that. And then therapists would be like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's some shit, man. Like I'm telling you uh, – it really helped us out a lot. I like would it, highly recommend it. <laughs> Whatever I, you're advertising, I highly recommend <laughs> it. <laughs> it it's, it's some good stuff, man. Like I, uh, it, it really saved our relationship because, like I said, I, and I've, I've expressed before too how I don't like commands because growing, growing up in my household, my, my dad was very much, or my mom was, just do it and don't ask why. Why are you asking why? You're talking back. When really it's curiosity and I just I just need something, you know? Mm. It's, it's not defiance. Mm. It's, I need rationale and I don't need a lot of it, but you know, why can't you be nice is, is kind of reminding me of my parents, you know, it was like, Oh, how, how do I wrap my head around this? Cause even something like today I'm in a bad mood and I don't know why, but you're triggering me right now. So give me some space. <laughs> <There's> the, <laughs> That's see? demanding. Give me some space. <laughs> yeah. But the why is there, you know, 
well, you could tell me to give you space. That's your space. You mm-hmm. have every right to say that. Mm. You know, that's your body, your space. You tell me to give you space. I need to give you space. You're in my space. <laughs> give me my space. Yeah, and say, hey. And I ask you why. What's going on? And you go, I'm just in a really off mood. I don't know why yet, but you're pissing me off. <laughs> I, to, I don't then know I'm why, like, but I don't want to see your ugly face. Yeah, and then I'm just like, oh, what a bitch. And I just walk <laughs> away and I'll just deal with it, right? Yeah. But if it was just like, why aren't you being nice? You're so mean. Then I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> I mean, that will still come. I think you are always mean because you're on the spectrum for me. But... <laughs> you, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think... Uh, I think... I think it has gotten better. I hope... Um, I hope we find our happiness. I found my happiness. I hope you find your personal happiness. Fine. I'll, I hope I find... I know my personal happiness. I just hope I could pursue it. Yeah. Well, guys, that wraps up this episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. You can find Mariel at Mariel underscore underscore song (laughs) and um, find everything that she does there. Um, She's working on a children's book right now, which is going to fucking smash. The concept, the idea of it is amazing. Kids are going to learn so much from it. Um, Be prepared for that uh, next year. What the heck? I'm putting you a timeline on it. Why are you putting this? Because you keep sitting on it. So I got to give you some pressure. So next year, she's going to be having that out for you guys. So stay tuned for that. And then we'll see you all next time. Thursdays and Sundays, everybody. Peace. Bye.